Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Irvin Santana thing, it, was there any consideration to uh, either on his part or the team's part to have surgery earlier in the year so that he wouldn't have to miss time during the season? What, what Take us through that process, if you will, please, Thad. Yeah, you know, when you get this this news uh, late in the offseason, especially as we're about to turn the corner and go go down to Fort Myers, it's, it's really unfortunate timing. But the reality is, from a medical standpoint, this played out exactly as, as it was supposed to. Uh, he had a injury that he sustained at the end of last season and it really wasn't an acute injury, which is to say no one thing uh, was the cause of this. It was just kind of a cumulative buildup of, of a little scar tissue on his middle knuckle of his, of his right middle finger. And we were instructed that with some R&R over the course of the offseason that the, the swelling should subside and should not be an issue. And quite frankly, all the way through Twins Fest, he started throwing some bullpens at that point. He wasn't really feeling that much discomfort. Uh, he started feeling a little bit more uh, when he started throwing some sliders, and it was that when I think that's when we realized that this wasn't entirely resolved and we needed to take care of it. So, you know, you, surgery is always the last resort. It was in this instance. It was the right call at the right time. Uh, but unfortunately, now we're going to be without his services through spring training in the first part of the season. But as I think all uh, – championship caliber teams do this could be a galvanizing moment as somebody's going to get a chance to step up and help this team for the first you know four to six weeks until Irvin's back and ready to roll how serious is the procedure uh, Thad and when's the expected return date for him uh, to realistically start again so he, he was seen by Dr. Malone in New York who's one of the foremost hand specialists in the United States and uh, the, the prognosis coming out of the surgery was very positive uh, there was an obstruction in there, and it was it was alleviated, and it was really a buildup of of a calcium deposit or some scar tissue. Uh, and so, his range of motion is almost immediately significantly better. Uh, and I think as we learned through his ramp up process, it was impacting him probably most on his secondary pitches, which for him is his one of his key pitches is a slider. So we, we're being told right now that sometime between the end of April and the beginning of May is when we should expect to see him towing a rubber back at the major league level. And so uh, that's what we're going to shoot for. But really early to to predict on that front, considering he literally just had the surgery yesterday. Sure. Are are the Twins uh, still in on you at this point, uh, Thad? And also, when do you expect a decision to to be made there, considering that uh, we are so close to pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training camps? I I just think there's been so much talked about this offseason about how slow these markets have unfolded and, you know, you, we've talked a lot about the free agent market, but I can tell you from our personal experience, the trade market may be even slower than the, the free agent market. It's so hard to predict just because, 
you know, I think we all thought it was going to be sometime after the Otani discussion, a lot of these big name free agents would sign. And then usually you point to the holidays and guys want to know where they're going to be. And then certainly in January, but it's an unprecedented amount of players. It's an unprecedented amount of quality players still in the marketplace uh, where most of our players are already down in Fort Myers starting to work out in advance of reporting here on the 13th and the 18th. So really t- tough to, to, to really prognosticate as to when these markets are going to break, but it, it's got to happen soon. I mean, we're, we're looking at the board. We know we still have holes on our team. We're trying to get a little bit more aggressive and trying to do our part to dislodge some of this. But so far we, we, we've been working hard to not to the avail we had hoped for on the on the starting rotation, but we're going to continue to make every effort there. I mean, it, once you Darvish signs, does that is everyone else waiting on him to set a market of some kind? It's t- tough to tell, but I you know I I think that sometimes is a little bit of a misguided notion that there's a immediate domino effect or cascade down when the guy at the top of the market signs. I don't know if it always happens that way. Uh, you know, it's not exactly a series circuit where you take one light out and all the lights will go out and put, put it back in and all the lights are working. Uh, you know, I think teams do delineate between tiers of players. So I think if he does sign, maybe the, the upper tier will sign. I'm not sure how much that would still impact the middle and, and the, the lower tiers of starting pitchers that are still in the market. Do you think there's still a chance he wears a Twins uniform in 2018? You know, I don't want to talk too much specifically about any one negotiation we're having ongoing right now. I would just tell you that, you know, between Derek, myself, and Rob Anthony, we've been in constant dialogue with the majority of free agents that we believe could discernibly impact our franchise for 2018 and beyond. And uh, we will continue to have those conversations until those guys are either wearing Twins jerseys or signed elsewhere. Uh, what is your professional theory on why the market has been so weird and so slow? Uh, because, you know, we, we've now gotten to a point where, where, as you said before, there's a lot of guys left, and, and the action still, despite the fact that we're so late in the game here, seems to be pretty minimal. Well, you know, I think, it's, I think there are some unique elements to this market. I, I do think the fact that Shohei Otani was a free agent at the beginning of the market was very unique. Uh, just in so much as like that literally all 30 teams could afford him and were pursuing him. So I think that led to a little bit of a slow start to the market. So the front end of the market, you know, it's not usually fast paced, but we didn't really see too many signings early on before he ultimately made the decision to sign with the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, then secondarily, you also had uh, Giancarlo Stanton, the reigning NL MVP, who was uh, being put up for bid and you know that that was a very unique element to the marketplace and then what happened after that with the Miami Marlins relative to you know it seemed as if every other week they were putting another uh, almost all-star caliber player out to market I think that uh, probably slowed the market down to a certain extent why we're still sitting here in February with close to 100 major league quality players on the market I I really I, I can't tell you definitively. I think it's a confluence of a lot of different things. Uh, so I, I don't know ultimately why, why that is the case. I think it got started a little bit slow. It doesn't certainly explain why it's still so slow on the back end. Yeah. Thad Levine, Twins GM, is with us here on Mackie and Judd. There was a story in December uh, that said, this is from uh, CBSSports.com, that Scott Boris brought a 75-page binder to meetings with teams for one of his clients. I think it was Jake Arrieta. Have you ever been in a room with a Scott Boris binder in your career as a GM, and what's that like? I, I have been. You know, I, I think I think there's a lot of commentary around Scott and, and even, you know, some of his 
um, more uh, more esteemed colleagues on on the agent side. Uh, one thing I will say uh, about Scott Morrison relative to a a large binder like that, his group works tirelessly on behalf of his clients. Uh, you know, however and wherever they sign, I think you know pe- people can assess that as they see fit. But there's no denying that he works exceptionally hard for his guys and presents very compelling arguments as to why certain players may be very good fits for you. And I think one thing he does as well as anybody is he tailors it specific to, to, to each team. So it's not necessarily the same information for each club. He, he does uh, tireless research on how a player can fit specifically into the fabric of a, of a team, how he could elevate that specific team. So uh, his, his, his binders are extremely impressive, extremely compelling, and I think meant to uh, convince GMs to potentially do something that they otherwise hadn't thought were, were the best decisions in that offseason. And I think in a lot of cases, he's prevailed in that regard because his information is, is you know, that inspiring at times. That's nice, but he's got to be a pain, right? <laughs> Come on. When a guy comes in with a binder and puts it down and says, you got to sign my guy for, for six years, it's got to be a pain in the butt, Dad. Well, you know, your, your first reaction is sometimes, wait a minute, is this guy – kind of positioning that he knows our team and our situation better than we do. Uh, and then you get to about page 48 of, of page 75. And you're like, wait a minute, there are actually some pretty, pretty decent points in here. So you don't want to yield that for sure when you're talking to him. Uh, but certainly we've walked out of some of those meetings with, with some different opinions than maybe we did walking in. I like the binder better than a PowerPoint because like staring at a screen just for, for 75 pages is too aggressive. I want a big binder from a guy telling me about my players. <laughs> Bleep you, uh, they're my players. How is, Thad, how is Miguel Sano? Well, two things. Any any update from the league on, on Miguel Sano and the investigation? Then how is his recovery and uh, prep work coming along? We're, we're still in the same spot on the investigation, which is to say it's our understanding Major League Baseball is working diligently on that. Uh, we, we you know, kind of stand out of the way on that process, and they will update us as they have material information to share, and we will, we will obviously uh, comply with whatever their rulings are. But to the best of our knowledge, that is still ongoing. And then with regards to his health, uh, a lot of promising signs. Uh, we, we have hired uh, two additional trainers to work with head trainer Tony Leo uh, this offseason and Masa Abe and Tony Biancuso. Matt Biancuso, I'm sorry, and they're both down in uh, Fort Myers and at various times this offseason and have worked directly with uh, with Miguel and I think to a lot of positive results. So right now the leg is, is pretty much full go. Uh, what we are now working on is the conditioning just because the time off of his leg, uh, we, we just need to make sure he's in the proper condition so that we don't put any other body parts in jeopardy at the outset of spring training. So he may be a little bit behind starting spring training. The encouraging thing is it seems as if the leg is – holding up quite well at this time. We just need to work a little bit on his conditioning uh, before he'll be full go to participate in drills and, and ultimately in games. Is it is it fair to say, like, I guess my thought on him is he's already, you know, when he's on the field, he's one of the, the better offensive talents in the league. He hits home runs, he drives in runs, and, um, like, he, he can work a count, but he also strikes out in more than a third of his plate appearances. And I feel like at age 25 going into this season, this is a pretty big year to show durability. Are you a third baseman long-term um, I mean, all these things, This it, it feels like he could be one of the star players in the league and be one of those multi-category guys who maybe sticks at third base, or he could just settle in at, uh, you know, the highest strikeout rate in baseball and miss a month on the disabled list, and maybe you have to be moved away from third base. I mean, are you, 
Is it fair to say that this is a pretty important time for him with the Twins organization? I think he nailed it. I think, you know, there's, he's at a bit of a crossroads right now where going down one path will lead him to absolute greatness. The other path, I think he'll still be an exceptional player, but maybe not quite as dimensional as he, as he could be. When I met him for the first time uh, down in the, the opening of our Dominican Academy, I, I just said to him, based upon the scouting reports that I, that I was witness to when, when I worked for the Texas Rangers, is when he was younger, we felt he had the ability with his hands and with his arm to be an above-average defender. And that's the way I saw him. I saw him as a complete player. <clears throat> and I know you referenced to kind of being a little bit more complete offensively, but I think I think it's on both sides of the ball. I think it's it's easy to look up and say that this guy could be a DH or a first baseman in a year or two and be a presence in the middle of the order, but really more of a power presence. I think the sky's the limit in terms of how he can contribute on the ball field. And we're going to do everything we can to put resources around him to give him every chance to be as complete a player, both while he's in the batter's box, but also when he's doing things outside of that, running the bases, uh, playing third base, because I think that's the difference between him being an extremely good player and an elite player in the game. So, uh, Thad, I, I saw some uh, pace of play news recently that got me very excited because of this. Judd gets very excited potential, with pace of play potential, <laughs> potential for bullpen cars or carts starting in 2018. Are the Twins a candidate to have a to have a golf cart drive the guy in from the bullpen with a big Twins cap, a big TC cap on top? You know, I'd have to talk to Dave St. Peter about that. I would be 100% beyond, behind that. That was my youth in watching baseball. That was half the fun because you're on my I age. Yes. Ball, you're a big Baltimore Orioles fan. The, the highlight was that the actual mascot typically drove the bullpen cart in. And so that, that was highly entertaining for kids. So if we want to cut down a few seconds of these guys running in and being gassed when they get to the mound and having to regroup, I'm all for the bullpen cart. I'll drive it. I'll volunteer right now. I'll drive it for free. You need a breathalyzer before you get in the. <laughs> we don't. We, yeah, we, we, we don't. We don't need Addison Reed at the at the mercy of Judd. Big three three beers deep. Oh my at God! Field. He hit the left fielder. <laughs> he took the left fielder out. Oh my God! All right, Thad Levine, Twins GM. Thank you for uh, for the good stuff, and we'll catch up soon after you make a big splash signing in like three days. All right. My pleasure, guys. Look forward to seeing you guys down in Fort Myers here soon. Sounds right, good. Thanks. See you, Thad.